The following message from Bible teacher and pastor Jim Crabb is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. Praise God. I, uh, I went to Rama Bible Training Center in 1979. We were driving to St. Louis the other day, and I was remembering having my old beat-up car with a radiator that was, we had to repair even to get started. I, I, and I'm pulling everything I own, which wasn't much, in a 6x12 U-Haul trailer. And, uh, and I made it, we made it across the... St- I, Sarah and, and Leah was a baby then, and, and uh, they... Out in the front yard of my mom's house, we were, I was leaving, and there we went toward our new adventure. I made, it, I, I made it across the state line, got into Indiana, and the radiator blew up and started overheating right away. And I mean this. You know, I had an opportunity right there. The devil started lying and yelling and screaming that you're a failure. Look, you can't even hardly get into Indiana and look what I'm able to do to you and you're not going to make it and who thinks you're going to be a preacher and you're never going to do anything. Why don't you just pack it up and call your family and go back home where you belong. I had a decision to make. Sometimes that's the way life is. I'm standing on on, uh, I-74 out just in Indiana and I'm standing there in front of my old car, and there's smoke just billowing out of the radiator, and the devil's screaming and lying to me. So I had a decision to make right there. I said, I'm either going to go back home, or I'm going to go forward toward my destiny. And I woke up this morning thinking there's some people that are in this building this morning that are here that are in one of those, maybe you're in that place. Now, maybe you're not in Indiana just across the state line and your car is smoking like mine was, but you're in a dark place, a tough place. You're in a place and the devil's lying to you and screaming at you and telling you what a failure you are. You're never going to make it. You might as well give up and quit. Am I the only one that's ever heard that? You might as well just give it in, cash it in. It's all over. You're never going to make it and go anywhere. Look at you. You can't even get, you know, and, and, and I'm thinking about Sarah and, and Leah at home and over here and, and they're waiting for me to get there and they're thinking I'm blazing my way through Indiana and probably almost to Illinois and there I was over at I-74. But I stood in front of that car. This is what you got to do. I really did. I, this was one of the life-altering moments of my life. I stood in front of that car as the smoke was billowing out of it and we, and we didn't have, I mean, there wasn't any money. I mean, I was going to a, going, a Bible school, a new apartment, and we didn't know anybody out there and all this. And I, but I stood there, and I, 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 I got it while I was standing there, and I made up my mind. You know, sometimes you just got to make up your mind. That's what's the matter with some of us. You haven't made up your mind. I made up my mind standing there on that highway early in the morning with nobody else around. 
trucks blasting past me. And I said, devil, I am not going to give in to this. I am going to figure this out. God's going to come. God's going to help me. God's going to deliver me. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to go. And the reason I'm going to to Rama Bible Training Center is because I'm called to preach the gospel. I don't care if anybody thinks I am. I don't care if anybody believes that I am. I know that you know that I am. And I know that I am. And I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit, I will make up my mind. I have made up my mind. Amen that I will follow Jesus all the days of my life. And I, I shouted and I raised my hands toward God there as the smoke was still coming out of that car. And, and I, I thought, well, okay, after that's over, now what do I do? And so I thought, well, I got I to gotta, I gotta start moving. So I started walking and I walked. It was like over this overpass. And I walked over this overpass. This is like at 6 o'clock in the morning. And, and I'm out in the country in Indiana somewhere. And, and uh, I, I walked over that overpass with God as my witness. I looked up ahead and there was a house there and a farm. But on the side of the house was another building. And with God as my witness, I looked, I looked at that building And right on top of it was a big old sign, Radiator Shop. Radiator Shop. Well, I said, let's see. Do I know anybody that needs help with their radiator right now? Yes, I do. And it was me. And so, you know, of course they weren't open at 6 o'clock in the morning. So I went and found a tree outside that, that... you know, that, that place. And I just snuggled up and sat down under that tree. I thought, well, if the Lord's going to take care of me, I might even be able to get a little nap in here while I'm waiting for this guy to get up. And so a couple hours later, that man finally got up and walked outside, and I jumped up and uh, told him my dilemma. He said, well, let's just start working on it. So he I mean, we spent, he spent hours trying to patch that old radiator and mess with that thing. And, uh, and, but, you know, a few hours later, I was back on the road again. Praise God. Amen. You know, so, I believe the Lord wants to... Uh, this is what I keep hearing in my heart this morning. I want to get somebody else back on the road again. But in order to get there, you've got to get a made-up mind. Jesus said, all those that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And you're going to go through, Jesus said, tribulation's going to come. You're going to face things that try to stop you, try to detour you. And you don't know how to get out of it, how to fix it. Praise God. But God does. And I really believe, I don't know how long that man's had that radiator shop. But way before I had a broken old radiator, he, he somewhere, somewhere in the past, I don't know, I think God spoke to him and said, you know what I want you to do is open a radiator shop. Because years from now, 
There's going to be a young man that's going toward his destiny who's going to have a beat up, broke down radiator and not much money. But when he walks across that bridge, amen, he's going to find you and you're going to be part of his answer. I really believe God's got that set up. And so I made it then, I made it with that sort of fixed radiator I made it to Springfield, Missouri, and it blew again. And I thought, well, you know what? The Bible says experience works hope. Yes. You know, the, the first time I felt like uh, there, was a, there was some moments I felt like going home. Right. But this time, because I knew that there was already an angel and, and it answered me. And God took care of my radiator. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't as difficult the second blowout, amen, as it was the first one. And I laughed my way through that and just believed that God was going to take care of it. And they, It was a long story, but the second round, I just got so aggravated. And you know, when, when you're that, as, as poor as we were back then, man, you're holding on to every dollar. It's precious, man. I used to get George Washington out and just rub his head, man, and thank him for being there in my life. <laughs> huh? But this, the second round, I got so mad at the devil for trying to mess with me again, I said, I, just give me a brand new radiator. And I got me a brand new radiator. What I, if I really was smart, I'd have prayed for, I'd have just said, give me a brand new car. But... I had a junk car, but I had me a good radiator, and I was close to Tulsa. It wasn't that far from Tulsa, and I went on in and made it to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thank God I did. And then a few days later, Sarah and Leah came, and we went to, we went to Rama Bible Training Center. But I had to have a made-up mind. That's my point today. Huh? Shout out loud. i got to make up my mind. You, you have to decide today that you're going to follow Christ or there'll be a lot of different reasons for you to take a detour and get off and just it's too tough you got to make up your mind you got to make listen you got to make up your mind that if you have to do it all by yourself you'll do it you're going to do it that's you got to make up your mind huh Hannah's in a battle right now and and for this moment right here, she's, she's having to battle through this by herself. But thank God, she, she, I, I love her spirit because she reminds me of that, that, that young man on the side of I-74 standing there when the car's blowing up and doesn't have much money, but made up his mind, I'm going to my destiny, and that's what she's going to do. Don't you, don't you change that by the Holy Ghost. You're going to do it, sister. God's going to... Father, in the name of Jesus, I lay my hands on her. Thank you for her made-up mind to follow Jesus Christ and let her strengthen her from the inside. And thank you for the resolve that she has to obey you in the name of Jesus Christ. God, strengthen her. Amen. And thank God for her today. you got to have a made-up mind. You got to make up your mind you're going to do it if nobody else goes with you. Remember that old song? Uh, about following Jesus. If though none go with me, what's it say? 
Well, I'll be so bummed out, I, don't, I can't do it by myself. Listen, I can't count on anybody else when I'm following Jesus. I don't know who's going to make it with me. But I know this, I'm going. Yes. Huh? I made up my mind. Another thing I made up my mind about is I'm not going to miss heaven. I'm not going to miss heaven for mad people, mean people. I'm not going to miss heaven if there's because I don't have much money. I'm not going to miss heaven because because of this or that. I'm going to I'm going to I have made up my mind. I'm following Jesus, man. I have decided. Amen. You you got to decide today. I'm trying to get off this, but I can't. The Lord's talking to some people here. You have to decide this morning that God is who he said he was in his word. When you face what Breland went through here recently and and their whole family, as you know, Breland and... Logan were engaged to be married in October. What was the date, really? October 12th was the day that she was supposed to, to be married to Logan and planning a wedding. But Logan was in an explosion, and Logan passed away after a few days. It was, was one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever been through as a pastor, and certainly... Their whole family went through it. But I love it that today, while that, that was such a devastating thing, I want to thank God that Breland's in, in the house of the Lord this morning, that she made up her mind. She has decided. She has decided, as heart-wrenching as that is, and instead of having a wedding, she had to attend a funeral and and, and process all through that. You know, the devil lies to you in that, doesn't he, Breland? And he, and, he, and he tries to twist and tell you that God's not true. It's not working out. And, and why him and why me and why this? But sometimes you've got to make up your mind. I don't care what I'm going through. Hallelujah. I don't care what I'm going through. I'm going to make it. I'm going to, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ all the days of my life. I'm so glad that she didn't quit and the rest of them didn't quit because uh, last week uh, their Logan's dearest friend, uh, Bradley, when I gave the altar call, he got saved last Sunday. Huh? See? There's people that are counting on you to make up your mind and not give up and not quit so that we can go to the next level in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this all started because I, I, I don't know. In the middle of the night, I, got, I woke up and I started thinking about Kenneth Hagin, the founder of Rama Bible Training Center, the real father of the movement of faith, the word of faith movement that, that I became a part of as soon as I got saved. I'll never forget where I was on I-275 when somebody gave me my first Kenneth E. Hagen book. It was called Prayer Secrets. And I, I, as soon as I read page one, I thought, now there, there's something different about this that I've never seen. I've, I, 
something like the Holy Spirit came alive in that book. And I, I went down, I just, I don't know. This morning, as soon as I got up, because of thinking about that in the middle of the night, I got up and went down into my, my office. And I found all these, all my little Kenneth Hagin booklets yeah. here. And I, I just felt like I want to give these to a couple people that may not have those. And there, you know, this is not a, I don't know how many pages are in that, 29 little, little tiny pages. Huh? I used to carry these in my back pocket. I'd carry it and I'd, I'd, I'd pull those out. And I'd read them if I had a few minutes. Anyway, here's one. I love this one. You know how many people have been healed by this book? It's called God's Medicine. God's Medicine. How many have read that, that little book? Anybody? All right. Somebody that's battling something physically, I'm gonna, I want to show this book to you. Huh? Brother Ron, you got it. There's God's medicine. Good. Let me see. Tina, you waved your hand. I, look, man, the Lord's moving today. I just had two God's medicines. So there you go. Thank God for healing from pancreatic cancer. We're not moved by how bad the cancer is. We're not moved by what has happened to other people. We believe that God is at work in her body and he's quickening her mortal body by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Well, apparently, we, here's, here's God's medicine number three. Who needs that, Miss Julie? Let me see, Lynn. I might have another God's medicine. and uh, Let's see. Well, maybe not. But, let's see. Here's a, here's a good one. Why, why tongues? Why, why, what's this thing about speaking in tongues? Huh? You know, when I came to the Holy Spirit Church back in when I first got saved, and I went in the Holy Spirit Church. I heard all these people praying in a strange... The first spirit-filled service I was ever in was at Tri-County Assembly of God back in 1973 on a Wednesday night. And I'd gone past that building. I used to run up and down Route 4. You know, I'd go places and buy drugs all up and down Route 4. And we had places we partied up and down Route 4 there. And I don't know, I don't think I'd ever noticed that church on the right side over there. And, but all of a sudden one day when I drove by that, I, I noticed that church and I felt this, I thought, man, I'm going to go there. And then I found out, I didn't even know anybody did this, had church on Wednesday nights. And on a Wednesday night, I marched in there. And wouldn't you know that this is, you know, God will set you up. Yes, he will. The very night I was there, this lady next to me, and I heard a bunch of people praying. They were praying out loud. They'd pray in this language I didn't understand. They were saying, and I thought, this is an international church or what is all this? And all of a sudden, out of all the people there, that was a good Wednesday night crowd, the, this lady that sat next to me started giving a 
she started giving a tongue to the church. You know how, not just praying in tongues, but, but a message to the church in the spirit. And it was this bold, authoritative, you know, tongue. Like, you know, something like that. Authoritative, strong. Well, right there, I had to make up my mind. Just because this is not what I'm used to, I'm not going to run out of here. This is not crazy. Amen. My life before was crazy. This, this, I don't know what that means, but this must be God. And then somebody on the other side of the room stood up and began to, to speak out in English so we could understand it, the interpretation of that tongue. Huh? Speaking in tongues. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I started speaking in tongues. If you go through the book of Acts, I know I hadn't opened my Bible yet, but I'm giving you some good stuff right here. When I went through the book of Acts, when you go through the book of Acts, you'll find that I think it's four out of five times when it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, four out of the five times they, it says, and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. So I believe that when you get spirit-filled, huh, you have the spirit when you get saved. You have to have the spirit to get saved. But when you get spirit filled, there's a, there's a difference in having a sip of water and having your cup running over with water. And that's what happens when you get spirit filled. And I want to tell you today, if you're not spirit filled, we're going to give you a chance in a few minutes. Amen. This is a, and if you, so if you've been struggling with praying in tongues, this is a good little book. Who want, anybody want why tongues? Beth does. Run that back to Sister Beth back there. Praise God. Here's the second why tongues. Anybody need that or want that? Who? Who? Uh, Lynn, did I give you anything yet? Oh, you're going to share? Thank you for being a Christian. That's good. That'll help you. Well, here's another why tongues. I'll give you, you can have that one. There you go. Praise God. Now, here's the one, this is the one that helped me the most of all Kenneth Hagin's little book. Now, he wrote all kinds of books, big, thick books and long. These are just little mini things where you can, in just a little while, get a, get a real truth in your heart. This one's called The New Birth. The New Birth. All right? Now, give that to James. The, the New Birth. Now, you know, when I got saved, I didn't just, I didn't join the church. That's not what happened to me. That's not what, when I say I got saved, I didn't just become a church member. Are you kidding me? Huh? Man, when I got saved, I'll tell you what I got. I got born again. Born again. And I... When I tell my testimony, it's why I tell it all the time, because it, it's a miracle that the Lord would take out my old heart. He took, it, he took it out. That's what Ezekiel said. I'll take out that heart of stone that you used to have that was selfish and self-willed and away from God and godless and hopeless. 
and mean and cruel. And I will replace it with a new heart of flesh. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen. A brand new person that's never existed before. And that's what happened to me. On Saturday night, all that last day, the, the, the day I got saved, all that day I'd done drugs. Started out at 9 in the morning drinking tequila. Amen. Smoking weed, doing all kinds of stuff. Leading up to, I end up at that party on the west side of Cincinnati. And, but Jesus came to the party. Hallelujah. Ha. I found out, you know, you can read in your Bible, Jesus eats with sinners. And tax collectors and people like that, you know. I, I found out that night, Jesus still hangs out with sinners. And he came to that party and said, I want you. And I want to give you, and I want to give you something. And I knew it, man. And I, and, and so that that I I walked out of that party, you know, and I knelt down by that bush and I lifted up my hands. I didn't know how to pray. Romans 10, 9 and 10, you know, if any man believe in your heart and confess. I didn't know all that. All I knew it was help. And I'm gonna give you my heart right now. That's all I knew. And that night, that was at 9 o'clock on that Saturday night, 28th of July, 1973, Saturday night. And when I woke up the next morning, I was, a well, before I woke up, but from that moment when I prayed that prayer, there was something brand new alive on the inside of me. I was nothing like I used to be. Hmm? Nothing. I, you know what I had? I had a new birth. Say out loud, he got born again. He got born again. Now, I'm, I'm going to move along here, but this one here really has helped a lot of people. I've given, I don't know if I've given thousands, but I've given hundreds of these. I used to order these by the, by the caseload and hand them out. It's called In Him. In Him Truth. Look at Sanjeev wants this one. Let me see, run that back to Sanjeev back here. Sanjeev is a miracle himself, man. The Lord rescued his life in him. Give Sanjeev the new birth too, because he's because we're just celebrating that healing. Huh? Give him this one too. Now, Sanjeev, I want to apologize in advance. This one, this one is a used copy because I, I've either worn it out, there's a, there's a little piece of the page missing there, or Cooper's got a hold of it and took a bite out of it. Probably Cooper, I'd say, but Sanjeev won't care. Amen? Huh. Let's see. Here's another good one. The key to the supernatural... Hmm? The key to the supernatural. Sitting on the front row has benefits, then it says. <laughs> Here's this is a simple one, but a good one because we, you know, we lay hands on the sick. You believe in doing that? We lay our hands on sick people. You, why do we do that? 
Well, we do it because Jesus told us to. But because we believe that there can be a transfer of, of things, spiritual things. There can be. Things that are in you can go out of you and go into that person. Huh? That's why you need to watch who lays hands on you. You can't let a bunch of people that's full of devils and demons and uh, gossip devils and all this kind of stuff and jealousy stuff. You can't, you can't let them lay hands on you. So we're careful about who lays hands on you. And this is just all the good truth about laying on of hands. John Miller, praise God. I know we didn't pay you anything for running this project out here, John, but there you go. Uh, consider us paid up. Amen. <laughs> I like this one. Godliness is profitable. Right here. Godliness is profitable. I, I, Jessica, we're going to take that back to her, Dan, because she's got a bad wheel back there. Give that to Mama Jessica. Hallelujah. We'll call that baby's first book. That'd be good. That'd be good if Moses grew up knowing that, wouldn't he? That godliness is profitable. I think a lot of people have forgotten about it. We act like it's godliness is just hard. But man, it's profitable. Unto all things. Amen. Learning how to flow in the Spirit of God. There you go. <laughs> Jessica's getting married, so she definitely needs this. Ashley. <laughs> I was looking over here at you. Ashley is getting married, and she needs that book, Learning How to Flow in the Spirit. How many know in your marriage you need to know how to do that? You ever know? Huh? You brothers that... Sometimes we'll start to say something. And the Holy Spirit right there will say, don't say that. That'll, you're going to get in trouble if you say that. <laughs> Besides that, it's not nice. <laughs> but usually we go on and say it anyway, and then we get in trouble. All right, a couple more. Now, nobody in here would need this, I know. Unforgiveness. Huh? It's not how to stay in it, it's how to get out of it. It's Vicky. Who needed unforgiveness? Let me see. Let's see if we got any more of those. I have a tongues for Mallory. Yes, I do have a tongues for Mallory. Now we're getting requests from other people for other people here. Now, here's a good one. I don't think I had any of these yet. Five hindrances to growth in grace. That's good. Right here, Autumn. Praise the Lord. Love you. Bless you, hon. And then, all right, I'm stepping, I'm going to go one time outside the Kenneth Hagin realm. And I've got a book by, I don't know if you remember, Charles Capps. Charles Capps. You, you know, look at that. Well, there you go. And this is for you, seriously. This book is called God's Creative Power for Healing. And Barbara's in a little health battle here, and she's going to get through it for the glory of God. The healing power. 
Let the creative power of healing flow into her body. And she's going to live a long, healthy life and be healed by the power of God in the name of Jesus. So, I've got three in hymns and three why tongues. Huh? Which one you want? The tongues one? That's a good one. Sister Pitts, is that you hollering over there? Which one you want? In him. There you go. Sister Pitts is my personal amen section. I might confuse most people in my preaching, but somehow by the Holy Spirit, Sister Pitts gets my preaching more than almost anybody. Well, I'll tell you, Steve Jones, my friend Steve Jones, is a, is a, it runs a close race with her. Steve Jones, now, Steve Jones knows more about what I've preached than I know. He really does. Because he remembers the stuff I've preached. And he sent me a note one day many years ago. He said, you ought to package your stuff up together and you ought to sell it, sell your teaching stuff as crab meat. That's a good idea. Let me find my marketing person in here and go to work. Praise God. Brian, there, there she is. Hallelujah. I got two in hymns. In him. Well, after what I just said. How many books you've taken today, by the way, anyway? Is that your first one? Okay, good. What do you need, sister? In him. Is that, is you, need a, you need it in him? Okay, we got, that, that's what I'm talking about. Now, Brandon, you be nice to her the rest of this week, man. Whatever you have, I know I'm going to need. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. And who's going to, the last shall be first. Tiffany, come on up. You're going to get wide tongues here. That's good. So, Kenneth Hagin did all that work, and Kenneth Hagin's up in heaven and he's receiving even more reward right now for all that writing he did because Jesus poured out Kenneth Hagin stuff through me. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap. Praise God forevermore. Let's, I want, let's read a verse or two here. Matthew chapter 28. I promise, I'm just going to share a couple verses here. Matthew 28. Hmm. This is the last chapter of Matthew here. And let's, let's read this, this ver, couple verses here. Verse, let's look at chapter, or verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Now you know in every crowd there's going to be believers and then there's going to be doubters. Hmm? There's people that doubt the power of God. There's people that are doubting today 
the supernatural move of the Holy Spirit. They're doubting. You know, that's what the devil does when he comes. When he came to tempt Jesus, didn't he? He he tried to get, get him all twisted up. In the Garden of Eden, he came, and he tried to get him to doubt God. I want to thank God. There are doubters. Huh? I hope you're not one of them. We're, we're going to, what, think we used to say this all the time in the past. You know, we're going to feed our faith and starve our doubts to death. There's something dying in my life today. I'll tell you what it is. It's, the, it's doubting anything that God said was possible. I've been listening to a song all weekend called There Is No Such Thing. And it, it's, it's there is no such thing as impossible. Amen. It doesn't exist. Huh? So my doubts, I don't care if it seems like it's going to work. I don't care if it ever, I don't care if you line up a hundred people that say it didn't work for them. I'm telling you, if Jesus said it in his word, I say out loud by faith. See, I'm feeding my faith and I'm starving my doubts. I say by faith that glory to God, it might not have happened for them, but it is going to happen for me. You know, how many remember that when Jesus went to his hometown? And he, but the Bible says he could not do many mighty miracles and works there. Huh? It's not that he didn't want to, it's that he couldn't. And the Bible makes it clear why he couldn't. Because of their unbelief. Because they doubted. Because they weren't sure about what he says. I'll tell you, this is a church that's going to convince you that the Almighty God has given us His Word, and His Word is unchangeable. His Word is a rock. His Word is a fortress. And His Word will see to it that what we're believing Him for will come to pass. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Praise God. Amen. He he will and he can and that means that I will and I can. You got to be an I can person. You got to know. You got to starve your doubts to death. I don't care if you've been given a death sentence. You got to starve your doubts to death and you got to read about all the miracle healings of the gospel and out of the Bible. You gotta, you gotta read of the woman, the widow of Nain that was coming out of town with her. She, her husband had already died, and here her, her young son was laying in a casket. But thank God, Jesus was coming down the road, and Jesus walked up to that casket, stopped the funeral procession, and said, "Rise up and walk." Jesus reached into that casket and that mother was on her way to the cemetery. Praise God. Instead of taking him to the cemetery, she took him to baseball practice. Hallelujah. Woo! I'm not heading for the cemetery today. My ministry's not heading for the cemetery. You 
My church family, you're not heading for a cemetery today. Nothing about you. Your family's going to get fixed. Your body's going to get fixed. Your spirit's going to get fixed. And we believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. We have no doubts. No doubts. We are feeding our faith. Say out loud, I'm feeding my faith. And starving my doubts. Say it again, I'm feeding my faith. And starving my doubts. Now listen, you know that how does faith come? By seeing a bunch of miracles? Well, if I could just saw a bunch of miracles, I'm telling you, I'd believe. You know, all through the scripture, wherever Jesus went, he did mighty miracles. And yet, you know what it says? There were still people in the middle of it that wouldn't believe it. Kenneth Hagin used to say, speaking of good old brother Hagin, if God came down here and blew the roof off this building, there'd be doubters in here about whether or not, they'd say, well, it probably wasn't nailed down. Huh? Thank God. I, I, I made up my mind. I am a believer. What do believers do? Huh? What's a farmer do? He farms. Now, wouldn't it be pitiful if a farmer, if you had to, if, if the farmer needed a group of friends to come by the farm every day and say to, to the farmer, now, Mr. Farmer, I'm telling you, you're a farmer. You can do it. Bless your heart. Now, Mr. Farmer, and he, it, wouldn't it be stupid if the farmer said, no, I'm not a farmer. And they, I would take him to the window and say, look outside, look at this. See that corn out there. Look at those soybeans growing out there. Look at that tractor out there. Look at all these acres. You own these acres. You, sir, are a farmer. Huh? Yet we don't have to encourage a farmer to farm. But sometimes we've got to encourage a believer to believe. But a believer is a descriptive word. That means that, praise God, I've got to make up my mind now. What if I don't have those friends around me to pat me and tell me, no, you really are a believer. You're going to make it. You've got to know for yourself, I am a born-again believer. I believe everything God said. You ought to get that settled right now. That takes care. You know how many things just settling it in your mind this morning that you believe everything God said? You know how much stuff that takes care of? Huh? You know, we're, I don't know what's going on. The world's unraveling. Of course it is, because that's what's going to happen in the last days. Even the elect are going to get deceived if they don't pay attention. I mean, there, one, one guy recently that wrote a bunch of songs for Hillsong Worship. Huh? One of their great songwriters. Went, came out and, and started talking about what he believed all his life is, that since he became a Christian, all that's not true and I don't believe that and I don't believe this. Huh? There's people that are just giving up their faith and cashing it in. But I believe everything God said is absolutely the truth 
and it'll work for whosoever will says it's going to work. Shout out loud, it'll work for me. It'll Now listen, how much will it work for you? It'll work for you 100% of the time. How can you say that, Pastor? Because that's the point. That's the, that's the message. Because when God gave Abraham a promise, he didn't just give him a promise, then God knew he needed more certainty, and so he raised his right hand and he swore an oath. And he swore an oath that if anybody ever believed something I said and it wouldn't come to pass, I will not be God any longer. Well, that helped me right there solidify it. Man, that means everything he says is going to come to pass. Now, I didn't say it's going to come to pass tomorrow. And I didn't say it's going to come to pass next week. And it might not come to pass for a few years. And okay, it might not come to pass this decade. Abraham, how many found out that God's not in a hurry? He's... He's, he really isn't. That's because he's in, he's, he, there is no time with God. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's not in a hurry to do anything. To him, if, to him, if, to him, when he made the promise, that, that nailed it, that, that, there it is, right there. It's all, it's done. Because he made the promise. You know what your biggest battle in mine is? And that's what the, what's the matter with these doubters here. They, they, it, you know our biggest battle is that, that time between when we find a, a verse or a scripture or a promise and we pray it and receive it. And then between then and when it comes to pass, that's where your battle is. See, what we want is we want to pray it, we want to pray it, believe it, receive it, and then let it manifest instantly. That's what we want. And some things do do that. I've had, I don't know, I've had a couple in my life, but not many. You know, most of them, i got to walk through this battle right here of time. In between what I prayed about. And what, I, and what I'm believing God for. Huh? And, you know, what goes on in between here is a great warfare in your mind. That's when all your doubts will come up. See, God's not, he, he's not who he said he was. You're just, this church stuff's a bunch of hokey stuff. This church stuff's not real. The Bible's, the Bible was written, you know, then the devil starts into, the Bible was written by men. I've told you lately. That's what makes it even more exciting for me because God used broken, fallen man to to cooperate with him as he got his word into my life. When you walk through that time thing, I'll close with this right here. I remember back in the 90s at Courts of Praise, our worship girl at the time was a girl named Gloria Graybill. Gloria worked for me for a number of years in our office. She was a great singer, led beautiful voice, incredible, powerful voice. And Gloria was a good girl, but and 
and you know, but she was in her mid-20s and then went on. She was in her 30s, and she didn't have a husband. But she, but she wanted one. Huh? Now, don't, listen, those of you that are here today that aren't married and you, you want a husband, don't, you know, I, I really, I've seen so many girls, they, 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 they see, they, they, they like give up on it. And so they, then they'll hear this voice. You're going to be like the Apostle Paul. To be single is better than being married because he that is married cares for the things of his wife or his spouse, but he that is unmarried cares for the Lord. I've known so many girls, guys too, uh, that that just give in to that and and hear that and say, well, I guess that's what's going to happen to me. But all the time, then finally I'll grab, if I get a hold of them, I'll shake them real good and say, now let me ask you something. Do you want to be married? Yes! (laughs) How bad do you want to be married? Real bad! But I don't want to go against the will of God. I said if you want to get married that bad, I want you to know it is not God's will for you to live by yourself the rest of your life. You want, I'm good at praying boyfriends that are filled with the Holy Ghost and hate the devil and love the Bible and love the house of God in. If you're here today and you're not married, that's the qualifier. You want you a, I'm just, I, I don't know, maybe I spend my, because I got girls, I, I spend a lot of my time talking like, like I'm talking to girls all the time. But I'm telling you, if you need you a husband, I'm your man to pray for you. Huh? Uh, There's only one little side note to that. You got to give, if I'm going to pray for you for that, you got to give me the right. If the the wrong one comes, I'm going to say no. Yeah, but he loves me. He said he would start coming to church. He said he would even come to our crazy church that pray in these languages that are from another world. He promised he would stop drinking. I've, you know, it, it goes all the way through. He promised that he, wouldn't, that he wouldn't hit me anymore after we got married. <clears throat> Here's my lesson to all those girls before I lay my hands on you. That whatever he is when you marry him will be what he stays once you get married. Being married doesn't turn this guy into, oh, Yes, that's what I needed to be married. And now I just feel like going to church. No, it doesn't work like that. Now, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, 
But I, you hear me, girls and guys. Most of the time, it doesn't happen like that, does it, Sandy? It doesn't happen like that. Listen, that's why, that's why when, <laughs> that's why when Sarah got saved and got filled with the Spirit, I said, I'm a player right here, Lord. That's the one I want. She's got all I want right there. I'll take that one. I'll receive that one. And I started, somebody said, what should you do then? Chase her. I'm convinced. I don't know what happens to Christians in the church. We, they don't know how to flirt. Huh? Standing outside in the lobby after service and quoting scripture is not flirting. Huh? That's not flirting. Christians get so over-spiritual, we don't, we don't even know how to flirt. It's a wonder any of us ever get married, man. Huh? I say just start the chase. Hallelujah. Huh? How many people are praying for the right person to come into their life? No married people at all here. <laughs> Let me see. I, listen, I'm your man. I got it. Huh? How many really want to be married? Go all the way up with it. Praise God. <laughs> Courtney looks like she's riding a roller coaster, man. She's all in. Well, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Did any brothers raise their hand? See, that's the problem with church, man. We, we got all these beautiful sisters, and then, and then we got some brothers that sit around, with, around all these beautiful unmarried sisters, and they just sit there and say, well, I'm just like Adam. I'm going to wait for him to put me to sleep and bring me the woman. Seriously, I really mean it. I'm, we make fun about it. But I'm telling you, when I, when I found Sarah, I knew the instant I met her. Did I hear something? They're going to tear our school down at Green Hills, the old high school. I got to go. I'm going to do it. Hold me to this. I'm going to go to, I got to get over there before the, they start tearing that thing down because I'm going to go to the spot right in the floor, in the cafeteria at Green Hills High School where Sarah's then boyfriend introduced me to his girlfriend. Huh. And when he said, this is Jim, Jim, this is Sarah, I went, oh, yes. Yes, she is. Very nice to meet you, man. That's right. <clears throat> and I, start, I really, before I got saved, I started chasing her. I blame her for me getting all messed up and doing all that crazy stuff because if she'd have been, you know, just said yes right away, you know, and I went out with her a couple times when they'd break up or something. But, but listen, just because she, you know, then she got engaged, 
Well, what's that got to do with anything? That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this, how to get what you want. Huh? I said, well, I, I just figured out, well, I got to go, I got to go at this another way then. And so for yeah, I mean, years went by. And then I got saved. Then I led Sarah to the Lord. Then I got her filled with the Spirit. And I thought, ha, she's coming my way. But, you know, after, uh, just, it's this quick piece here. I got saved. Now, you know my story. I served the Lord for about a year. And then, because I didn't know all that, that Kenneth Hagin stuff about the authority of the believer, I didn't know how to win. Eventually, I started getting overcome again. And I fell away from the Lord after a year. And, but when I came back to the Lord, we, we'd been on a drug binge and we drove to Tulsa, Oklahoma and, uh, and when we were there I, I thought I'm, a, I'm, I'm so convicted I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the first person ever dies from conviction and I, I went to my friend that was with me and I said I got to get out of here we were at, he was thinking about going to Oral Roberts University well the Holy Spirit was all over that campus I said, I got to get out of here, man. This is good. This, this place is killing me, man. And he said, man, it's 10 o'clock at night. I said, I don't care what time it is. I got to get out of here right now. Go in there and tell that guy we're leaving. Went in, told him we were leaving. And he said, we're, we got in the car. He said, where are we going? I said, we're driving north because the, Sarah's best friend Nancy had married one of my dear friends, Jeff, as believers, and he went in the military. He was got he was in the military, and he was stationed at Fort uh, Fort. But uh, it's in Junction City, Kansas. I forget what it was. Fort Riley. Fort Riley. Yeah, I said we're going to Fort Riley, Kansas, because they'll help us. And we got up there, and I mean, we'd been in drug, we, it was a bad situation. And we, they'd been married two weeks. <laughs> and there they were back at their little house right by the base. And at five o'clock in the morning in a driving rainstorm, these two backslidden rascals were standing outside soaking wet, banging on the door. And when they opened the door, they could have slammed that door. And, but I'll tell you, thank God for the love of God. Yeah. And they opened the door and said, get in here. They cried. They were so happy to see us. And gave us something, something to eat. We showered, went to bed, got up the next morning. And the next morning, I'm talking about how to get you a girlfriend. And the next morning, we... we we, we, we woke up and Jeff was sitting on the floor in the living room playing, strumming his guitar, singing worship music. And we just walked in and sat down. And right there on that floor, I repented of falling away from you, Lord. 
I asked Jesus to forgive me and cleanse me after all he'd done for me. How could I go back? I was in the pig pen, but thank God I came home and I said, sitting on that floor, Jesus, I, I give you the rest of my life. With God as my witness, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, now I'm going to give you Sarah. I was back with the Lord and now I got a word from God that I'm going to get my girlfriend. We might have to break an engagement, but I'm going to get my girlfriend. So we drove all, next day we drove all the way home. I walked into my my mother's house, my mother and dad's house. I walked in the house. I went to my mama I said, Mama, I want you to please forgive me. How many know that when you sin and hurt yourself, you also hurt other people and you need to apologize to them? I said, Mama, I, I, I can't believe what I've put you through. I want you to know I'm sorry. And I ask you to forgive me. And I, but I want you to know I've asked the Lord to forgive me and he's cleansed me from all of my sins. And he's, he's living with me again and I'm back home where I belong. And... One more thing, Mom. I'm going to marry Sarah Dunnigan. I know, it's about time. I'm tired of hearing this long story. I went upstairs and called Sarah's house. I think it was 8258779. I hope that wasn't Susie's number. No. I call, and I said... Uh, hello, Miss Dunnigan. This is uh, Jim Crabb, and I need to talk to Sarah. It's very important. She said, oh, she's out of town. Man, my heart dropped right there. And she said, well, I can give her a message. I said, when's she coming home? She said, tomorrow. Man, that was a long 24 hours. And she was out of town and she came home. I said, as soon as she walks in the door, tell her to call me. Here's my number, 513-825-2218. And so the next day, I sat by that phone. And I waited for that phone to ring. And I answered it. And it was Sarah. And she said, Hey, my mom said you needed to talk to me. It was pretty important. I said, I need to in about an hour. She said, well, come on over. I said, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> huh? And so I went to see Sarah. I went over there, sat down, had pleasantries with Mr. and Mrs. Dunnigan. That was Sarah's maiden name. We had, we, they were very sweet and nice. I knew them a little bit. And then... She said, well, I'll walk you out to the car. I said, that's what I'm talking about. I'm getting closer. (laughs) And so we went out to the car. And she said, what's up? And I said, Sarah, I need you to pray about something with me. You know, I've repented of my sin. I'm back in fellowship with the Lord like the prodigal son of old. I want you to pray about something. She said, sure, I'll pray with you about anything. I said, I want you to pray about being with me for the rest of your life. And the wildest thing happened. She looked back at me and said, okay. Hmm? 
sometimes you, you know, I'd chased her since Green Hills High School. I really, I, I'd, have, I'd have been with Sarah the rest of my life from the moment I met her. It was just the spirit. I, I saw into her heart. See, you, get, you girls and guys, I mean, instead of looking for somebody that's got money or somebody that's just drop-dead gorgeous and, or handsome, apparently Sarah wasn't looking for that, was she? No, because I'll tell you what she did. Same thing here, Brother Bob. Sarah saw into my heart. That's what you're looking for is that heart. Hmm? I don't know if they're a good kisser or not, but they'll become one. But you, gotta, you, you go after their heart. And so that's all I needed was okay. And so the, the pursuit was on and I was getting closer, and I knew then, and then just, that was in September when that happened, about the second week of September, and praise God, in early January of the next year, I asked her to marry me and become my wife, and today, we have been together for 43 years, and we are hopelessly in love. We're desperately, really, I mean it. Now, now don't be, you can't be stupid and do stupid stuff like, I don't know that girl that sits on the other side of the room over there, I've never talked to her, but I claim her. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Now, now you know, if Sarah had never, if she didn't show interest in me, I could have just hung in there. Or I could have, you know, there's nothing I could do about it, right? If she doesn't want to be with you. So you, you, you can't just look and point and this isn't like click and buy on Amazon or something, man. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be a lot to this. Isn't that right? Because church people do. They, I, I mean, I've... I've had people, I remember one time at Courts of Praise, somebody came and got me in the parking lot and said, you see that girl over there? I said, yeah, I'm her pastor. He said, well, I, I pray, I claimed her and she's going to be my wife. I said, do you even know her? He said, no, but she sure is pretty. I say, well, you're not, you can't have her. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm trying to help you get the right person in your life. Amen. Now, what about the married people? If you're married today, I'll tell you what my prayer is for you. You're going to fall in love all over again. I don't care how long you've been married. Amen. I found out that God, if you'll trust Him and believe Him and don't doubt it in your heart, that God can keep a fire lit. He knows how to start a fire and just because your hair falls out doesn't mean that the fire's going out. Woo! It's not going out because you've been married a long time and we just are, you know, a bunch of old folks and we sit around, we've been married a long time. I'm telling you, that's why I try to stay in shape a little bit because I got to keep up with Chase and Sarah. Amen. 
I'm going to chase her until the day I die. I'm going to chase her. I'm going to love her. And she's going to want me to love her. And want... Now Sarah acts all prim and proper, but I'm telling you, down on the inside of her, she's, she's saying, this is what she says in her heart. Keep chasing me, Jimmy. Keep chasing me. Come on, Jimbo. That's why I love you. Because when, 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 I, when it seemed like I said no, you kept chasing me. It's like Jesus was with me. Amen? He's not giving up on me. Woo! If one no runs you off, man, you're not... Come on. you got to hang in there. Show the love of God. Don't give up. I'm serious. If the person that you have in your mind right now, if they're not married yet, don't give up on it. If you think it's totally right, I'm just saying. I'm not trying to break anybody's engagement or anything. But I mean it too. I'm talking about feeding your faith and starving your doubts to death. When you get full of faith, this is how you start living and talking. I'm the same way about healing. I, I'm going after it. That's mine. Just like Sarah was. That's mine. Healing's mine. Health is mine. Love is mine. Strength is mine. Hope is mine. Victory is mine. My, this baby right here. Stand up and let's see that fat baby growing in there. Look at that fat baby. Oh, I've been patting that little fat baby and I've been speaking to that little fat baby. Praise God, saying you just keep growing. You grow big and let Aaron start waddling here in a few months and you come and see your poppy that you're going to grow. And I, I especially love it because they said this couldn't happen. And, and medicine, doctors and all that said it's not going to happen. I want you to know I made up my mind, didn't I, Aaron? I made up my mind that Aaron's going to, and TJ, going to have him a baby. Yes. Amen. Huh. And that's how I am about you. You're going to make it. You just might as well give up. Because when I start chasing something, I'm not giving up, obviously. You're going to stay. You're going to make it. You're going to make it, Hannah. I don't care about the circumstances. I don't know how we got here. I don't really care anymore. We're under the blood. I don't care where we've been and what's gone on. What I care about is that we make up our mind this morning that we're going to believe God. Woo! I think we ought to stand up and shout. Come on, let's shout a little bit. Yeah, Woo! Hallelujah. Say out loud, I'm feeding my faith and starving my doubts to death. I am a believer. I am not a doubter. I'm a praiser, not a powder. I believe God today that everything, absolutely everything that He promised me in the Word is mine 
Now shout, now say it like you mean it. Say out loud, it's mine. Say it like you mean it, it's mine. It's mine. Everything in here is mine. It's mine. It's not somebody else's. It's not Peter and Paul's and James. Amen. And Matthew's. Thank God it's mine. Say it again. It's mine. It's mine. Give three people around you a high five and shout, it's mine. We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y dot com.